When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. McDavid centers one timer score. Oscar Clefbaum in Edmonton strikes again in overtime. This time it's Clefbaum. He'll swing it out to the outside and it is to the end zone. Touchdown Eskimos. Darrell Walker. Touchdown, and the Eskimos take the lead with less than a minute to go. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Welcome to Inside Sports. Brendan Ulrich with you in for the vacationing. Reed Wilkins. He's away all week. I believe Dave Campbell will be hosting the rest of the week, but uh, I uh, got the nod tonight in studio here. Lots going on for a Monday. Stanley Cup playoff action continuing. Uh, Of course, uh, a game being played in Toronto tonight. They are going on with the game at 0-0 after uh, 20 minutes of action. After uh, a scary and uh, tragic and horrific accident, not accident, I guess, I should not call it an accident because it was not an attack is what police are calling it earlier today. So our thoughts and prayers tonight go out to the city of Toronto and uh, the people that were affected by this. Uh, The attack in North Toronto has left uh, nine people dead and 16 injured. So uh, keep it uh, locked here on 630 Ched throughout the night for updates on that situation but they are playing a hockey game in Toronto right now I want to open up with this clip here from Ron Hainsey Uh, this is courtesy of Sportsnet but here's what he had to say prior to the game uh, to the city of Toronto yes uh, on behalf of myself and my teammates I'd like to extend our deepest sorrow and thoughts to all the victims victims families the men and women first on the scene the brave men and women first on the scene who do so much to keep everybody safe uh, thank you so much, and uh, you know, hold your loved ones tight. Uh, give them an extra kiss tonight. I know I will. Cause you just never know uh, anymore. As for tonight, we're gonna play our heart out for this city. Great fans here. Hopefully, in doing that, we'll make it to a game seven Wednesday in Boston. All right. Oh boy, what is this world coming to? A terrible incident there, but this is a sports show, so we're going to focus more on that tonight. An escape for, uh, you know, a lot of people when uh, tragedy strikes. And uh, the Leafs are playing on tonight, trying to force a game seven. That game is 0 0 after one period of play. The other game being played tonight in Columbus, the Washington Capitals trying to eliminate the Blue Jackets. Columbus trying to force a game seven. Washington leading one nothing right now with uh, 2.52 to go in the first period. Dmitry Orlov, a beauty in this one for the Capitals so far of the one nothing lead. We'll continue to update you 
on uh, those games throughout the night. A big story out of Calgary today. The Flames have uh, their new head coach in Bill Peters. Bill Peters is going to join us here on the program in about five minutes, becoming the 17th uh, head coach in uh, Flames history. So congratulations to an Alberta native. Goes from Carolina. He had an option to return there. He turned that down, and he lands his next uh, job with the Calgary Flames. Now, I don't know if Galdson deserved to be fired there. Some interesting uh, reports out of Calgary today from one Rich Sutter, who we had on Oilers now, talking about that being a, a tough group to coach. And I think he was uh, a little bit against uh, the firing of Galdson. And I think that's fair. I think he thinks he's a good coach. And there is some speculation that uh, Galtson could end up on the Oilers bench as well as an associate or an assistant coach alongside Todd McBullen. So we'll get to a clip on that from uh, Rich Sutter as well. We'll see how Bill Peters does there. I think uh, he's worked his way up as a coach. He's going into a pretty good situation. His teams in Carolina had uh, good possession numbers. So they had the puck a lot, but they uh, never made the playoffs during his four years as head coach. And you could say a lot of that had to do with the goaltending. So now he comes to Calgary. He has a good uh, he has a good goaltender. I think uh, the four group is a lot better right now for the Flames than it is for Carolina. I like Ajo, no doubt about that. I like Skinner and some of those guys there, but they don't have a, a Johnny Gaudreau. I think Monaghan's definitely a big uh, step up from what they have down the middle there in Carolina. So it's a good situation for Bill Peters. And uh, we'll see if he's the right man for that job. Back here on Inside Sports, Brendan Ulrich with you tonight. We uh, we're going to get to an interview with Bill Peters, but we're going to save that for after the 6.30 news. We also have uh, Jamie Thomas, Mike Riley uh, coming up on the program tonight. I'll have some thoughts on uh, Miko Koshkinen, a Finnish goaltender out of the KHL that the Oilers are rumored to be frontrunners for, according to Elliot Friedman. We'll hit on that later on the program as well. But right now, a quick scoreboard update. In Toronto, the Leafs and the Bruins tied at one. The Leafs did score the go-ahead goal. Zach Hyman had the goal, but it was ruled no goal after Boston uh, challenged for goaltender interference. I briefly saw a replay. Uh, but if you go on Twitter right now, it's a 50-50 split. Was it goaltender interference or not? Doesn't matter. It's called no goal, and uh, that game remains tied at one with 10.49 left in the second period. The Capitals have a one nothing lead on the Blue Jackets after 20. Dmitry Orlov with a goal there for the Capitals. You can text us 6.30-6.30 throughout the program tonight. What do you think about the Bill Peters hire in Calgary? Should the Oilers add uh, Glenn Gultz into their bench? as uh, that seems to be a hot rumor around town right now. And Miko Koshkinen, would you sign him to a two-year, $2.5 million deal, or is that too rich for a backup goaltender? We'll hit on all that throughout the program tonight on Inside Sports. Brennan Ulrich with you, but first, a 6.30 news update. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chad. Monday night edition of Inside Sports. Brendan Ulrich with you. Reed Wilkins on vacation this week. I believe he will be back in this uh, chair next Tuesday. 
Dave Campbell will likely be in his chair tomorrow night, but uh, I'm in charge here this evening. We have Bill Peters coming up here shortly, the new head coach of the Calgary Flames. Two playoff games on tap right now in the National Hockey League. The Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins tied at one in the second period. The Leafs thought they had scored the go-ahead goal from Zach Hyman, but it got called back due to goaltender interference. The Capitals with a one nothing lead on the Blue Jackets early in the second period. And uh, if the Capitals win this game, they would then move on to play. Well, who else? The Pittsburgh Penguins, who have knocked them out of the playoffs in back-to-back years. But uh, this second round of the playoffs is uh, shaping up to be uh, a doozy. And we're going to talk to uh, Jamie Thomas here very shortly as well on the program out of uh, Winnipeg. The Jets and the Preds in the second round. I know some people are upset that these teams are meeting in round number two. Whereas if you would have went back to the old playoff format... Uh, there would be a chance for them to meet in the conference final. But I, I'll say this. I'm just happy these two teams are meeting in the playoffs. If anyone should be sour, it should be Capital fans because every year in the second round they have to play the Pens and they always lose to the Pens. Will it happen again this year? I don't know. We'll find out if the Capitals can close off Columbus tonight. And then on the other side, you have San Jose and Vegas. That should be a great series. And then it will be Tampa Bay playing the winner of uh, Toronto and Boston. We'll get to uh, Jamie Thomas in this segment, but right now I tape this interview with Bill Peters. He is the new head coach of the Calgary Flames. He's from Alberta, and I asked him how big of an honor it is to be coaching an NHL team in his home province. Yeah, it really is. It's an honor to coach in the National Hockey League, and to do it in your home province is even better. Well, Bill, I know you're in Calgary. I know you're uh, friends with Todd McBellan as well. But I think a lot of Oilers fans here, despite the rivalry between the two teams, respect uh, the fact that you've worked your way up as a head coach to get to where you are now, joining the Calgary Flames in your second NHL head coaching position. Uh, but also the fact that this is Brad Trey living here, uh, a GM that you've had a past relationship with uh, at the Worlds. How much of a factor did that play in a, the decision to uh, go to Calgary? Well, you know what? I'll back up a little bit. You guys, got, you have a hell of a coach there in Edmonton and Todd, and uh, so you guys are in good shape there. And I look forward to battling with them in the Battle of Alberta. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, the relationship with Tree obviously was, you know, really rooted in the 2016 World Championship in Russia. I uh, got to know him then. Um, obviously, when you're in those World Championship scenarios, you spend a lot of time with with each other. Um, got to talk a little bit of hockey and. And obviously, we see the game somewhat similar, not probably 100%. I don't think any two people do. But uh, there's some common ground there, and I think that's going to allow for a good relationship between the GM and the coach. What, I guess, uh, stands out to you when you first take a look at this uh, Calgary Flames roster? I mean, you have some talent there with Gaudreau and uh, Monaghan up front, strong decor, a good goaltender with Mike Smith. What sort of uh, just stands out when you first look at the roster? Well, exactly what you just talked about. I think it's a deep team. I think it's a team that's got uh, lots of real good quality pieces and unique pieces at the NHL level, and it's also an organization that's got more coming. I think there's good depth in the organization, and I think Tree's going to manage those assets properly. So to me, it's a team that's uh, ready to win now with an ownership group that's committed to winning. In Carolina, you had some skill up front with uh, Ajo, Skinner, but when you look at a guy like Johnny Hockey, Johnny Gaudreau, uh, I'm sure you're you're really excited to work with a player that has uh, so much skill. Well, you know what? He's got unique skill, right? He's got, like, you know, him and Patrick Kane are two of those 
little guys that are darting and they're evasive and then they, they make plays they have unbelievable hockey sense and vision and creativity and uh, also the ability to score he's you know he scored 24 goals last year and 60 assists so you're talking about a elite point producer there and i think obviously the best is yet to come by no means as he uh you know reached his full potential and he's going to continue to set some personal best I would think as he continues down the road and as the team continues to get better so that's a real good pair the Monaghan Goudreau pair now we got to make sure we have a consistent winger on the right side or if we have to rotate some guys through there it's obviously a little bit of a lottery spot winning the lottery to play with those two. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, move on to the decor here, uh, Bill. In Carolina, it was a younger decor, uh, one that you helped uh, a lot with, and uh, you saw a lot of those younger D emergents, a really good defenseman. With Calgary, it seems like uh, it's more of a a veteran-type group, but uh, still a very talented defensive group that can move the puck as well. Uh, Any similarities, differences in your mind when uh, you compare the two groups on the back end? Well, again, both both decors real good. Uh, a little bit different uh, in the experience. Calgary's group a little older, a little more experienced. So I think you can ask for more there, and probably should be a little more consistent away from the puck, reading the game and defensively. But you know, we wanna we wanna get our D involved offensively, obviously. And I think there's uh, multiple options there with guys who can skate and and move the puck and jump into the rush and be dangerous that way. And I think that's the way the NHL is right now. You need your D involved in the offense if you're going to generate generate five on five yeah is that what you mean when you say the modern game today because i've heard that term referenced a few times uh, in your press conference earlier is it getting the d involved and not playing a fast quick game yeah i know what i think when i talk about the modern game for me it's about the d involved offensively and really once the the play is started you can be anything you can be as a d-man you know on an ozone entry you might be the puck carrier you might be the middle driver you might be the dot lane driver everyone refers to the d-man in the fourth man's ice as the late guy you don't always have to be the late guy sometimes you're going to be the guy required to drive the net drive the middle and and try and open up a dot lane driver so i think once you start to play you're filling holes and you're reading off each other and you're letting your instincts take over so you need real uh, real smart players and active players and guys who can get up and down the ice and uh, in Carolina as well, Bill, you, uh, I mean, you had good possession numbers. Uh, that was uh, one of the assets of your teams. And I'm sure you want to be a puck possession type team uh, here with the Calgary Flames. Um, but I guess at the same time, I mean, you had good numbers, but you never made the playoffs those four years. And some would say a lot of that had to do with the goaltending, which uh, you have Mike Spick now. So if you play that style of game, uh, I'm sure you would imagine that it would uh, lead to some success here in the Western Conference. Yeah, you know what? What we're going to do here as a staff, we're going to get together here tomorrow and we're going to go over things that we think are important to allow you to win. And it's easy to point at one thing that that held you back from being successful or allowed you to be successful, but there's going to be about five or six things that I really want to make sure that we're in not only the top half of the league, but in the top ten. We want to strive to be in the top ten in five or six key categories, and I think if we can do that, then we're going to be a team that's battling for home ice is really what you want to talk about. Not just getting in, not being in, you know, just in, in 15th in the top half. If you're in too many areas, if you're 15th, 16th, 17th, you're you're on the bubble. So we want to make sure on the key stats that matter that we're in the top 10 across the board. It's hard to do, but you got to have goals. you got to work towards them. 
Absolutely. Uh, just one more for you, and it's uh, about the Edmonton Oilers and the Battle of Alberta. You grew up uh, in Alberta watching uh, the Oilers and the Flames duke it out. I know you're friends with Todd McClellan. You referenced him earlier. Uh, I'm sure it'll be fun to coach against him uh, five or six times a year, maybe hopefully in the playoffs. Uh, I think a lot of people in Alberta would love to see the Battle of Alberta get to that level again. Um, so maybe just comment on that and uh, the fact that you'll be uh, going up against the Oilers more regularly here. Yeah. Well, it'll be exciting. It'll be really exciting. Anytime those two teams play, there's lots of intensity and there's juice in the building, right? And that's why that's why you play. That's why you're involved in professional sports. You want to be in those on those stages. You want to have an opportunity on a hockey night in Canada game to play against your biggest rival and to get a win, whether it's at home or on the road. That's that's what it's all about. So I'm looking forward to it, uh, and so are they. They're gonna they're gonna do all they can to get better and improve their hockey team over the course of the summer, and we're gonna do the same down here in Calgary. Well, I know you will be coaching uh, Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins at the upcoming Worlds. You were on with Bob, uh, I think, last week, and you mentioned that uh, they will play together on the line, and you were still looking at options on the right side there. Have you figured it out yet? No, I haven't figured it out yet due to the fact uh, a couple teams got eliminated uh, just last night. We've got some additional asks out, requests for players to join our team. We still do have some openings. So once we get our roster finalized, then we'll kind of get our lineup set for the first few days. But as we all know, that's something that's very dynamic too. It's not going to stay together for all 10 games if you're fortunate enough to play your seven round robin games and the three to get to the gold medal game but i do anticipate pairs staying together for the most part but when you talk about a three uh, trio i think there's going to be some different bodies on that right side throughout the tournament that is the new head coach of the calgary flames bill peters who will also be coaching Connor mcdavid ryan nugent hopkins and darnell nurse at the upcoming world championships in denmark 643 in edmonton a quick uh, update here the washington capitals still hanging on to a one nothing lead on the columbus blue jackets they just had a brief five on three power play but couldn't cash there and uh, in toronto the leafs now up 2-1 mitch marner scoring the go-ahead goal there as they try and force a game seven uh, and when we come back we're going to talk to Jamie Thomas out of Winnipeg to set up the Jets and the Preds what a matchup that is going to be we'll take a time out when we come back we'll get an update on the Jets health situation Nikolai Ehlers not playing uh, in game five against Minnesota we'll see how he's doing could Enstrom be back for uh, the Jets as well we'll find out next on Inside Sports this is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Back here on Inside Sports, all Rick in for Wilkins tonight. We are now going to be joined by friend of the show, Jamie Thomas. He is the host and insider for Jets TV, and I'm sure he's pumped up right now for round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Jets and the Preds. Jamie, how are you doing? Great. Uh, isn't everybody pumped for the Jets and the Preds? Oh, yeah. The <laughs> well, I think everyone expected it, so everybody. it's uh, nice to see it actually happen, you know? Yeah. yeah you know what? It's really fun. I'm not funny, but it, you're going to hear this a lot over the next two weeks or you know, maybe 10 days of, of this series. Just a common complaint about the playoff structure, right? And mm-hmm. I, I mean, to me, we're always going to be upset about the playoff structure, no matter how it works out. It's going to be unfair for some for somebody at some point. And I know, you know, Washington is pretty much the poster boy for this, this current playoff structure uh, coming to kick you in the butt. But if you can't beat a certain team, then I guess maybe you don't deserve to win the Stanley Cup. And 
Uh, we're never going to come to a point in time where people in the same time zone are going to be playing the Stanley Cup final together. It's just not the way it works. And um, I, I just think we should enjoy the fact that there's these two teams are as healthy as they're going to get, and they are playing each other in the next round because they've had some great hockey games so far this year at the five regular season meetings. And I think people are in for a real treat. So whether or not somebody's going to be, you know, not happy about how, how it turns out, there's going to be the common complaints about the, the structure. But I just think we should all be happy that this is probably the most healthy these guys are going to be, where, whoever advances to the next round anyways, they're going to probably be pretty beat up after this round anyways. That's exactly what I said earlier. I said, at least this is happening. Yeah. Let's not complain about it. If anyone's going to complain, it should be Capital fans because they always have to play Pittsburgh in the second round. So Right, uh, right. And again, if, if, if Washington gets through whatever the, the series with Columbus, then your gift is, oh, hello, it's Pittsburgh again. But yeah. uh, it's just the way it works out. I, I think travel-wise, I remember the days of Detroit and Town. They would have to play each other in the first couple of rounds. And that's just, I mean, of course, I was in Detroit. I was in the Western Conference, but... The travel is really hard if you go one versus eight at some point. I think you should make it a little bit easier on people to start the first couple of rounds and then figure it out afterwards. But I, I might be one of the minority of the people that don't mind this current playoff system, but uh, I, I think I speak for not very many people. Uh, let's just look back quickly on round one for the Jets. I know uh, there were a few injury concerns as well. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, Hellebeck was obviously great in goal, Jamie. But other than mm-hmm. that, who do you think the Jets' best player was in that uh, opening round series? Uh, I think it's it's pretty it's safe to say it was Dustin Buffett. That's what I was going to say. I know, yeah. I know Mark Scheifele came through and he had four goals in the final two games of the series, and uh, you know he ends up with five points in five games. But there's, I think in the first two games of this series, it was like we said it best. It's just guys trying to show how tough they are, and that's all it was. And I think when Minnesota started to push towards the Jets at Bell MTS Place, Buffalo just snuffed it out. And, you know, he got a hit on Mika Koivu in Game Two and. Uh, I can go down the list of all the people that he railroaded and with clean hits, mind you, um, through the, that five-game series. But uh, he had five assists. Uh, he was a physical presence constantly, and I think he calmed things down in terms of the wild trying to, you know, assert their authority on the Jets at any point in the series. So I think by far outside of Connor Hellebuck. Um, but it was for the Jets' most consistent player uh, through four of the five games. I would say it was Dustin Buffalo. Yeah, he was an absolute beast. I love watching yeah. that guy play. Oh, man, it would be scary to go up against him on the same yeah. ice. I would be terrified because he's so big and he's so fast and he just comes out of nowhere and just destroys you. Yeah, he's got great timing too, right? Like, <laughs> you're waiting for a guy um, to not know. You know, he's kind of looking around and as soon as you lose, you lose sight of him, it's over. And I think Paul Murray said it best too when he said Dustin Bufflin pulled up. 99% of the time because if he used his full strength he'd probably get a penalty because he's just so much bigger than everybody and that's what happens when you're 6, 7 plus 260 right so it's just uh, it, it's naturally you're bigger than everybody and you can see him rolling and then the, the hit looks a lot worse than it is most times but he was an absolute force and I expect him to be so instrumental for them in this series against Nashville because Nashville is that wily uh, slippery team that is always getting that extra shot in after the whistle. They're going to try and frustrate you, and I think Buffalo's going to be key on, on slowing anything of that t- stuff down. Not saying that Nashville's not going to continue to try and do it, but he's going to be very important for what the Jets do in this series. Well, I do like the Jets' deal a lot, but I think a lot of people would say Nashville maybe has the advantage on the back end, although it's close. Like, let's not be uh, yeah. taking anything away from the Jets with what they have back there. But I think the forwards of the Jets are better, and maybe mm-hmm. it comes down in this series to who is the better goaltender, perhaps, because you could wash out the forwards in the D if you uh, say it like that. But we never know until they start playing. But what do you think the key, I guess, to the series would be for uh, Winnipeg to win this? 
Uh, well, their discipline is going to be very important because Nashville, especially, you know, you're going to have to keep an eye on P.K. Subban, uh, you know, getting in there, getting those little extra shots, and how much is he going to be uh, getting underneath the jet skin and, and what, uh, what to do to respond. Both teams have very good power plays, so I think it's just you got to keep doing what you do, skating your fast game, not taking penalties because five-on-five, I think the Jets are better than anybody in the entire National Hockey League. And I, we, we've seen so many examples of that. Uh, over the you know the, the, the last two months of regular season and playoffs now five on five I don't think there's anybody that can play with them so what the Jets do if they get any type of penalty troubles that takes away momentum uh, from that and then you have to start playing shy you know Shifley and Wheeler play a large role in their penalty kill unit Stassi's a penalty killer so and then you don't get that third and fourth line involved and that's where the Jets get themselves in trouble if it's only happened once I saw it was game three of the, of the Wild Series where they kind of ran into penalty problems and, and you saw how it, it affected them so. Um, outside of that, as long as they keep skating and, and they, they, they should be fine. But I, I think the key to them is not getting in that after the whistle stuff that, that, that Nashville is very good at goading you into. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think the Jets will win the series. I picked them to get to the cup at the start of the playoffs, and I'm sticking yeah. with that. Like you said, 5-on-5, five five, when they get rolling, it's unbelievable to watch just how much firepower yeah. they have it's, up it's front. Four, like it's all four lines too, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's really It's been something to watch. I think a lot of people... Are, are starting to appreciate the Jets at this moment. I, I know a lot of, I know in Edmonton people are, are are aware of the Jets, but it's just further out east, right? You're starting, people are starting to respect what this team really is, and I think south of the border they're starting to gain some momentum too. Uh, what's the latest on uh, Ehlers and uh, Enstrom? I saw a tweet from you saying that he's skating as well. Yeah, uh, well, Nikolai Ehlers was, you know, fully practiced uh, the day before Game Five against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, so to not see him, and he skated a little bit uh, for the morning skate as well on game day at game five, so it was really weird to not see him come out on the ice uh, for, for pregame skate. Um, he he said he just he feels pretty good. I think the yellow jersey was a precautionary thing just not to, you know, not to give him any bumps or bruises before this, but I expect him ready to go for game one. Uh, Toby Enstrom is uh, kind of an unknown right at this moment. He was wearing non-contact yellow as well, but to see him actually practicing with the team is very important. Now, he, Joe Morrow, who's an Edmonton kid, uh, and it was a trade deadline acquisition he's been good, for Montreal. Yeah. yeah, he's been great with Dustin Bufflin. However, there is no denying the pairing of Enstrom and Bufflin is probably one of Winnipeg's best duos outside of Morrissey and, and uh, Truba. So if Toby Enstrom comes in, it'd be tough for um, Paul Maurice not to make an adjustment there, but uh, Toby Enstrom is so good with the puck. He's so good that first pass. If he finds his way into that series, that just makes the Jets back in that much better, and that is no disrespect to Joe Morrow, but Toby Enstrom is, is, is a very good player. Um, if they can get him back at any point in this series, that has to be looked at as, as a bonus, but I, I don't think he plays game one, but the way they hide injuries at this time of year, you just never know, but, but I think the important thing is that he was actually out there skating with the Jets because he had not been doing that uh, throughout the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, lots of uh, depth there on the Jets' blue line. Um, did Armia, is he back? I know he left uh, game five. And what's uh, the latest on Perot? Uh, Matthew Perot, uh, there's still, he hasn't uh, skated with the Jets uh, at all since he uh, was knocked out of game one. Um, so that that's, I, I think there's a no-go for him in game one of the series. Um, also, Joel Armia left with an upper body injury in game five in the second period. He did not skate yesterday. So uh, it will be have to see if he's, He's ready to go for this one. The Jets didn't skate today. Uh, they'll fully skate tomorrow, so I'll have more of an answer for you on that one. But if Joel Army has been so good for them 
uh, in the bottom six grouping and also plays uh, on the second unit of the power play too. So that is not a, a good loss if he, at any point, no matter how much depth they have. He's just been so good from in those aspects of the game too, So especially in the power play in that second unit and uh, helping out um, the Jets' third and fourth line units. A lot of talent for a former first-round pick, and I think he's one of the underrated guys in the Jets. So uh, he's back. That also is a lot of help. But, it, I mean, when you have a week between games, also a big bonus that that should help them whenever the the next series end up starting. Absolutely. Uh, just before I let you go, Jamie, what's the the scene like in Winnipeg right now? I'm sure uh, you know fans are just ecstatic, pumped up. It's a big party vibe yeah. going on right now. Yeah, it's it, the first game on the 11th. I think there was seven thousand people outside on that uh, viewing party. Then it went to nine thousand for game two. Then it was fifteen thousand for game five. So I imagine by the time the Jets come back for. Um, game three of the of the series in Winnipeg. It's they, they're going to expand the the party. They were turning people away uh, on game five. Now, mind you, it was a Friday. It was also 16 degrees out, so that helps everything. And a long way, they brought more TVs out. Uh, I don't know if it's going to get to 20,000, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's just it it was so loud in there that my head was splitting. And I just you know it, it, with the smaller barns, and I'm sure Oilers fans totally remember this at Rexall Place. I remember being there in '06 during their Stanley Cup uh, playoff run, and man, Rexall shook when it got when it got crazy in there too. So uh, the smaller, more intimate buildings I find are louder, and I think that's a big help. And uh, I'm, I'm also, but it's it's I can't describe it. It got up to 114.3 decibels after they finished that series, and it, it was it, it's something else. And then when Patrick Laine scored his first uh, National Hockey or you know playoff goal in Game One, it, the roof almost came off the place. So it's I'm sure it's about to get louder. It's only get crazier, and it's uh, it's it's a fun ride, and it's only one round in. Absolutely. Let's keep it going, Jamie. The Jets are, uh, you know, one to know in the playoffs since you uh, joined uh, the media team there. So uh, I guess you're a good luck charm. Yeah. You know how long I was in Edmonton, so we all know how that good luck charm works for us. So. Well, hopefully we'll uh, talk to you again soon here, Jamie, uh, as the Jets continue on this uh, playoff run. Thanks for taking some time Thanks, tonight. Thanks, my friend. All the best. That is uh, Jamie Thomas. He is with uh, Jets TV host and insider there. It's uh, 6.58 in Edmonton. I can tell you the Capitals are up 2-1 right now on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Ovechkin scoring his uh, fourth goal of the playoffs to give the Capitals a 2-1 lead in Toronto. Up 2-1 on Boston right now after 40, trying to force a Game 7 there. We'll take a timeout for the 7 o'clock news. When we come back, the quarterback of the Edmonton Eskimos, Mike Riley. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.